It's Tuesday, November 16th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we've got a treat today. It's James Karinchak Day on our podcast uh, in our, our continuing breakdown of the 40-man roster uh, and, and guys who are going to be uh, playing an influential part for the Guardians next season. We're going to take a look at Karinchak uh, and, and his 2021 campaign what we can expect from him in 2022 uh, want to dive right in and just, you know, off the, off the, uh, off the jump here. Uh, Karen Jack came into spring training and was lights out uh, early on. And it was a real question mark uh, even uh, a month into the season, who the ultimately who the closer would be. And we could never really get a straight answer out of Terry Francona uh, on that. Uh, eventually, uh, Emmanuel Class A sort of separated himself and, and, and sort of grabbed that role. But, you know, there were times when, you know, they called upon Karen Jack to, to fill that role late in games. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Joe, you know, it was not <laughs> Karen Jack is a power pitcher. Um, and for the season, he saved 11 games and 16 chances, you know, and uh, so certainly he has closer stuff. And, uh, like you said, for the first month, month and a half, uh, you know, Francona was going back and forth, picking his situations, his, you know, who pitches the ninth uh, or the extra innings between a Class A and Karen Check. And eventually, you know, as, as most managers say, uh, the players make the decision for you, not you don't you don't really have to make a decision. And that's what happened in this case. Yeah. And it, we always heard that word uh, that Tito would use. He'd say, I'd go by matchups. I, I, I look at the matchups and I'd say, you know, Karen check maybe profiles or projects better against these three hitters in this inning. So he would work the eighth inning. And if it were the opposite, then class A would work the eighth inning or, or whenever the situation sort of called on it. Uh, there were uh, times during the, the early portion of the season where he was as dominant, you know, I don't think he gave up a, a run in maybe his first nine, 10 appearances. Uh, and, and, and really he was as unhittable as anybody. And then, uh, you know, and I don't know if this is a correlation or if this is circumstance or, you know, it's pretty obvious that once the major league baseball crackdown on sticky substances, uh, you know, really sort of hit uh, Karen check became less effective. I don't think that can be argued that there's a definite point within the season where he was really strong up until that point and then really struggled after that point. Yeah, Joe, I think, uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, no argument there. Um, you know, the, a couple teams had, had, had filmed Karen check, including the white Sox and, looked like he had gone, gone into his glove at certain times when he was on the mound to get so, something on the ball. But the thing about it, Joe, I mean, it, it reminds me of Albert Bell corking his bat. Albert Bell was one of the strongest players in baseball and, you know, could hit a ball farther than anybody, <laughs> cork bat or no cork bat. So I think maybe this it became a, a crutch almost for Karen Check because he was still throwing 95, 96, 97 miles an hour in the second half. But, you know, he just, he just didn't have the command. In. Right. You know, after the, the sticky stuff, uh, you know, the, the searches and all that 
uh, became common. Uh, you saw maybe a, a mild, ever so fine, uh, you know, decline in maybe his his spin rates and his his uh, uh, you know his fastball spin, definitely in his curveball spin. Uh, there's there's a marked decline in that for sure. But like you said, his curveball throughout the first two months of the season was elite. It was there was that was one of the most dangerous pitches in all of baseball. No one could could touch it, even though you knew it was coming. He only throws two pitches. It's either a fastball or a curveball. And when you know the curveball is coming and you still can't hit it, and these are major league hitters that still couldn't hit it, uh, without the sticky stuff, it was just a matter of confidence. He wasn't in the right headspace to be throwing those pitches at those times. And, and the result was he was getting knocked out of the park almost. Yeah, and you look at the numbers, just, you know, the bare numbers. The, the league, the opposition hit 176 against this guy for, for, for the whole season. Uh, you know, left-handers hit 158. Uh, right-handers hit 200. I mean, you know, that's dominant stuff. I mean, in his career, and, and it's short, I know, in his, in his short career with the Indians, he struck out 38% of the batters he's faced, 139 of 366. So he, he can be, and he has been a dominant pitcher, dominant reliever. The question is, can he get back to that? You know, so that's, that, that is the big, the biggest thing. Can, is, can he be effective again, uh, you know, in the late innings for the Indians, for the Guardians? Does, does the fact that Class A sort of grabbed the, the closer's role maybe play into that as well in, in terms of, you know, you know Karinczak wants to be the guy out there closing games. Yeah, I, you know, that, that may have been, uh, uh, you know, some healthy competition there. I think they pushed each other. Um, but, you know, and, and did, did, it, did it affect him? I, I don't know. You know, I, I hope not, you know, because sometimes the eighth inning is, is, is more important than the ninth inning. You know, you, you've got, and sometimes, you know, Karen check was pitching in, in much tougher situations in, in the, you know, in the seventh or eighth inning than the ninth inning, you know, when the game was really on the, the line. So, you know, um, I, you know, I, I would think, uh, you know, just the effort he puts out on the mound, you can see, I mean, you know, he's a max effort guy and it doesn't look like he was, you know, he was sulking out on the mound at, by any means. Right. And let's talk about the, the persona as well. Uh, this is a guy who's, uh, you know, he, he's, he definitely skews a little more John Rocker than Corey Kluber, I guess you could, you could say. Uh, and, you know, that might not necessarily be uh, great in, in terms of uh, the media coverage or, you know, fans or, or whatever. Uh, but as long as he's, he's keeping things together in the clubhouse, I guess that's okay. Uh, as far as, you know, what he brings you, it, you could tell what Tito thought, or how, where, where they thought he was most effective. They would bring him in, in games when, you know, they had the runner on second base when you go to go to extra innings. Those were like the perfect times for, for Karachek to come into games because you're always, you know, that much closer to a strikeout with him. Uh, when you need a punch out, it was like Karen Chak was your guy. That was your first step uh, when he was going well. And 
you know, on the other side of it, you saw him in that game in Williamsport. He came in and, you know, walked three guys and left a bases loaded situation for class A to come into and, and needed a, a double play to get out of it to, to preserve the game for Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you saw that erratic, that, you know, the erratic, you know, the control problems, you know, and, and they really surfaced in, in the second half, Joe, uh, you know, when he went, what, he, he posted a 7.88 ERA in the second half after the All-Star break, you know, um, and compared to a 2.52 in the first half. Uh, and you know, I, ju- I just think he's, you know, that, that was another indication that, you know, he had, he had not made the adjustment yet. But we saw him do this. We saw him do this in, in spring training and early in the season, too. But he, 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 his stuff was so dominant then that I think he could get out of it. And, and right. sometimes, you know, you just can't do that. You can't play with fire all the time or, or eventually you get burned on, in those situations. Yeah, it's, like the, uh, it's like that opening scene in, in, in Bull Durham where he's like, you know, Walked 18, uh, new league record, struck out 20, also a new league record. I, I mean, that, that, that's what you're going to get here. Uh, strikeout, in terms of percentile rankings for the season, uh, 94th percentile in, in, in strikeout percentage, uh, 86th in expected slugging percentage, uh, 94th in expected batting average. Uh, but then on the other side of it, you've got, you know, he's only 30th percentile in barrel percentage and fourth percentile in walk percentage. So yeah, that you, you can't get more extreme than 94th percentile in uh, strikeout percentage and fourth percentile in walk percentage. That's, those are two opposite ends of the spectrum right there. And you, you've got to be more in the middle in terms of the, the walk rate. Yeah. And especially, uh, you know, if, if you're not hitting your spots with, with your fastball, uh, you know, and, and you're only throwing the, you're, you only have one other pitch in the curveball, you know, hitters will adjust to that. And, uh, you know, they'll wait on, they'll wait on a pitch and, and they'll hurt you. Uh, so I think, you know, that was one of the reasons, you know, he, he, he eventually did get sent to uh, Columbus. You know, they wanted to find, they wanted him to get a little more carry on his pitches. They wanted him to, you know, kind of readjust his delivery where he was, you know, really kind of getting behind the ball and really, Kind of just giving it that last, you know, the last part, you know, the last you kind of the the last finish on his delivery to get that maximum ride on, right. on his fastball, and I think that had kind of that had kind of disappeared a little bit. He had lost that a little, you know, later late in the season. Like. There's never been a better time to register for Indian Subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and 
my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Well, we, we raised the question here, uh, you know, does he need a third pitch? Does he need to develop a third pitch? Uh, right now he's got four-seam fastball and curveball, uh, which are both, you know, both trend towards the elite level in, in baseball. Uh, does he need either another breaking pitch, like a slider to pitch to a, a you know, a different part of the strike zone there? Or uh, is is he the kind of guy who could learn a changeup? Is that a, a pitch that that could be effective for him. You know, I, I don't know, Joe. I think, uh, you know, guys like Karen check, it looks like to me in the role they're used late in the game, they don't, they don't need like a bunch of pitches, you know, they're, they're it's not like you're sending Aaron Savali out there with six pitches to finish off the ninth inning. You know, you, he's got a fastball. He's got a curveball, He's got to locate that. Not he's, he throws a four seam fastball. He should be able to throw a two seamer. Right. So maybe, right. maybe he could switch to that and get a little more, a little more sync, a little more movement on it. But, uh, you know, I think this is a power guy and he's going to stay a power guy. Yeah. You, you don't mess with, uh, you don't mess with number one. You go with Wakacha there. I, I think, uh, he just doesn't come off as the kind of guy who you don't want to ever see James Karinchek get beat by throwing a change up. That's that, that, that seems like a waste when you've got, you know, 96 in the, in the tank there. Uh, as far as what he needs to do, next year uh, maybe develop that pitch but in terms of his command and control is that where we need to see the most improvement between 2021 and 2022 yeah i think command definitely and confidence like we've been saying i think he's i think that's a that's a big part of this uh just you know if if you if you have an arm like his that that arm is still there i mean now you've got to, you know, kind of refine it and you've got to, you know, kind of readjust and, and just, you know, find the strike zone again, find what you do best again. And I, I think, uh, I'm sure that's what, uh, you know, James is working on in this whole off season. He's uh, 26 years old right now. Uh, Cleveland has him under control. He's uh, pre-arbitration eligible, won't be eligible for arbitration until uh, the 2023 season. Uh, won't be eligible to be a free agent until 2027. So, you know, along with Class A, this is the back end of your bullpen for the next, you know, maybe three, four, five years. Yeah, no doubt about it, Joe. I mean, you know, you've got a closer and you've got kind of a backup closer if, if Karen Chad kind of gets back to his, himself. And, Joe, you've also got an intriguing guy that – would you uh, would you talk Karen check in a trade? I, that that is you talk about that depth and teams that need bullpen help a closer. He could fetch a, a huge price if you were willing to trade him, right? I mean, if you're looking to, to to pry that outfielder 
that one, you know, true bat that you covet for the uh, a corner outfield spot. Why wouldn't Karen check, you know, be a, a guy that you could maybe make a headline trade with? Yeah. And I, I don't know if when you talk trade, you got to figure who would replace him. And I don't think they've got another arm like that right now. I, I, I don't know. I'm, no. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but uh, you know, do they have an experienced, you know, a young, a young kind of young veteran, you know, quote unquote, uh, to move into that eighth or ninth inning, you know, when, when class A would need a break. I, I don't think they have that guy, but it, it would certainly be enticing to see, uh, you know, if, if uh, that guy, if, if a team would bite on Karen check. Yeah. He's it's, it's almost like he's, he's just good enough to, to make teams want him and, you know, his contract situation and everything is, is set up so that he'd be affordable and be a, a great piece to add. But, you know, there are, like you said, there would be drawbacks for the Indians giving that up uh, for Cleveland to, to not have that depth and, and that sort of reassurance that if, you know, if something happened at Class A, you know, guys that throw 101 miles an hour tend to not, you know, have very, uh, you know, long and deep careers. I think Aroldis Chapman might be the only one uh, with the exception there. But, uh, you know, if, if Class A can make it through a, a whole 162-game season, Without having any issues again, that's he's above ahead of the curve. Um, as far as like you said, Karen Check would be a great insurance policy. But you know, Antonetti is Chris Antonetti is talking about being active in the trade market. Well, if you're going to be active in the trade market, then you're going to have to give up some assets. And you know, Karen Check seems to be an asset that that could be moved. Yeah, and talking to uh, Antonetti. You know, he says we're in a great spot to uh, really explore the trade, the trade market this winter. I don't think they're going to be a big players in free agency, but, but there's certainly, if they can work a trade and it's always difficult to do that. He, he said that we've got a young major league roster. We've got a healthy minor league system and we've got payroll flexibility. So, uh, you know, that young major league uh, uh, roster, you know, Karen check is definitely part of that. So, you know, I'm sure people are kind of knocking on on the Indians' door. Uh, maybe he could be packaged in in a certain kind of deal to get an outfielder to help you. So it'd be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and and they've got guys that throw 100 miles an hour. You know, out there, they just don't have the sort of experience, and they're not the, you know, the they don't have the the one elite pitch like uh, like Karen Check does. I mean, Anthony Ghost to come in there. And, throw hundred miles an hour for you in the eighth inning, if you really want that, but you know, you've got to, you're going to have to live with, you know, a couple of walks every inning, uh, you know, if, if that's the case, uh, who knows what, what they're thinking, but yeah, I don't be surprised to see Karen Jack's name come up. If, uh, if trades are, are what you're, you're considering. All right, Hoinsey, uh, we, uh, we knocked out Tristan McKenzie, James Karen the first two days of this week. Uh, looking ahead, we've got uh, guys like Oscar Mercado, Andres Jimenez, Trevor Steppen uh, in the pipeline for the rest of this week. Uh, looking forward to talking about some more of the young guys on Cleveland's 40-man roster here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. All right, Joe.